Hey everyone, welcome to episode 207, How to Be a Good Person in Three Steps. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Now that was kind of a long title for me, but in all the emails and all the working with you that I do, I now have it nailed down to three steps on how to be a good person. Okay, you ready? Remember, I talked about we have a 400 trillion to one chance of being born. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Isn't that the saying? And the three steps to being a good person, because in all of the emails and sessions I have with all of you, what I hear the most is, I just want to be a good mom. I just want to be a good dad. I just want to be a good person. I just want to be a good grandparent. I just want to be a good aunt. I just want to be a good friend. I just want to be a good teacher. I just want to be a good daughter. I just want to be a good son. I just want to be a good granddaughter. Whatever hats you're wearing, everybody that I talk to, work with, or through email, I hear the underlying current of it all is I just want to be known that I'm a good person. I just want to know that I'm a good blank, a good human. When we put that expectation on ourselves, of course we're going to do that to our kids. I just want to have a good kid. I just want to have a good daughter. I just want to have a good son. I just want to make sure that they don't go to therapy because of me. This is what I hear day in and day out. So the secret to being a good person and the secret to being a good human and the secret to being a good XYZ role, whatever that role is that you just plugged into that line in three steps. Step number one is you. Step number two is already. Step number three is are. You already are. And I took a pause there because I want you to just let that sink in. Your goodness and your value and your worthiness was given to you when you were born. That 400 trillion to one chance, your worthiness was given to you on that day. And nothing your parents could have done or not done can take that away. Now, when you're younger, messaging from your parents sticks. Because remember, we're connected to God, our souls are, before we're born. Then we come through the mother's womb, and when we're born, we still have that connection. And as we get older, we think that mom and dad are the God that we were connected to at the soul level. So everything they say, everything they do, we hang on their every word as fact. If they said the sky was pink and we saw a blue sky, we would believe that it was pink. We would cover up our own common sense and what we're seeing for ourselves, and we would substitute in their thoughts and ideas and morals and values as our own. That is the way of the human experience because we need them for survival. So we are desperate. We are insecure. We're vulnerable. So whatever they say goes. So the same thing sticks with us, and that messaging sticks with us day in and day out. And then as we get older... After 25 years of living on this planet, our brain has crystallized 
We've had pain. We've had trauma. We've had angst. We've had disappointments. We've had sadness. The brain doesn't like negative emotions. It stores it, holds on to it. And when our brain is crystallized around 25 years old, that's when it's like, nope, we're not going to try anything out of our side of our comfort zone. Because if we do, we could tap into that old pain we had before. That's why kids at playgrounds are fearless because they haven't had a scraped knee yet. So that time and experience is valuable, but it also is a double-edged sword because sometimes it's what holds people back. And whatever your parents said or did or thought about you, I have to say this really loud for the people in the back, whatever they said, did, or thought about you was a reflection of how they felt about themselves, not a reflection of how they felt about you. That is such a eureka epiphany, lightning bolt moment, because you can be free from any abuse that you suffered. You can be free from that messaging. You can detach from it. Not free in a way of, I forgive you, come over and live with me. But free from the fact of like, oh, wait a minute. They were projecting onto me how they felt about themselves. That wasn't fact. That was completely made up. Just like we'd last week we did pretend parenting. All those random rules that our parents had, we have all those random rules now that our kids are going to make fun of us for it later on. That was a light and fluffy exercise last week, but there's deeper messaging and deeper conditioning that we have to unlearn that was not factual. Just like Shelly was said, don't turn on the light in the car or they're going to get pulled over by the police. So they never turned on the car, but they never thought about it. Like maybe I should try turning on the light and see if it happens because everything they said was complete fact. And you don't even think about second-guessing it. Number one, you might get in trouble for second-guessing it. Number two, you don't have the maturity or the critical thinking skills to think twice about it or second-guess it. So the reason why I'm saying it for you to see from a grown-up point of view your childhood, flip the switch a little bit and see your kids in that vulnerable little mind, everything's fact mindset and know that everything we're saying to them, doing to them, talking to them, all the messaging, they're picking up on all of it, and it's become their reality when they're older. They're wanting to be a good kid just like you're wanting to be a good mom or dad, or grandparent, or stepparent, or uncle, or aunt, or teacher, or sibling. So when you look at your childhood with grown-up eyes, it allows you to look at your child's childhood with grown-up eyes, step into emotional adulthood and be like, wait a minute, what messaging, what energy do I want them to pick up on? What's my vibe? How am I letting what happens at work affect how I'm showing up as a parent? Because they don't know about the stress you have at work. They don't know about bills. They don't know about the fight you just had with your mother-in-law, nor should they. They just see the mom or dad in front of them or their caregiver in front of them and they take it as fact or fiction. If mom or dad snaps at me, there must be something wrong with me. Because when we yell, snap, or bark at our kids, or we criticize them, or we cut them down, or we spank them, or put hot tamales in their mouth, our kids don't personalize that and stop loving you or us. They stop loving themselves. They stop showing up, and they realize they have to comply. And when they can't comply, sometimes the rules are so great and so vast that they just have learned helplessness. Like, why should I even try? And you'll have kids go one of two ways, whether they get super rebellious or they'll just kind of give up and quit because of learned helplessness where they're just like, you know, why would I even try? That's like me taking a physics class right now. Like, why would I even try to take a physics class at almost 50 years old? Whoa, did I just say that out loud? 
I'm having a hard enough in Duolingo. I just got a 31% on one of my lessons. Now, granted, I was half asleep while I was doing it, and I was kind of halfway doing it. I just wanted to get the streak for the day. But a 31%? But Duolingo knows how I'm doing in Duolingo, so it will dumb it down a little bit for me. So if they're having me translate an entire sentence, and I'm failing it, and I'm getting it wrong over and over and over, they don't keep giving me the same exercise. They'll start doing fill-in-the-blanks. Like, this chick ain't getting it. We got to slow this down for her. We got to slow her roll, so to speak. So the next day, after my 31%, I realized that they were going over, like, agua and casa for home. Like, the basics. I was like, I appreciate that. So there's that constant monitoring of how you're doing, how your kids are doing, and focusing on your side of the street only. That's where you get all of your power back. So if you're a power trip person, or you like control... Or you're a control freak, a.k.a. a control enthusiast, or you're super bossy, I'm <clears throat> talking about myself, this is really awesome news to know. Because we get to take all of our power back, we get to control our side of the street, and realize that our kids need 10,000 hours of practice to f- master a new skill. You can see that in sports. You can see that in their reading. You can see that in their writing. You can see that just in their language development. How they're going from dad, dad, mama, to speaking in complete sentences. You saw that progression. You saw it with potty training. You see it with all areas of their life. So now start seeing it in your area of your life. And then you can let yourself off the hook a little bit. Instead of trying to be a good person, knowing that you already are one. Instead of trying to raise a good kid, knowing that you already have one. And you'll start looking for more evidence of that goodness that you think about yourself and you think about your kids. I just recently started teaching Lily how to drive, which makes me like stutter even saying it out loud. And it's so hard to teach her because it's like when I tried to teach her how to tie her shoes, I didn't know what I already knew. I had done it so many times that it just became like second nature. I ended up paying my niece $20 if she could teach Lily how to tie her shoes. I did the same thing with Grady. It's best money I ever spent because she was closer to the tying of the shoes experience. So she could teach it very easily. And I told the kid, I give them 20 bucks that they learned if they practiced outside of gr- working with Grace. So I ended up spending $40 per kid on teaching how to tie the shoes. And it was the best money I ever spent because I was so close to it. I didn't know how to help her or Grady. And so now teaching her how to drive, I'm like, I don't even know how to drive. I think I feel like, <laughs> and I want David to do it, but he drives a big old pickup truck. And that's a lot for a kid to practice on. So it's kind of fallen on my shoulders. And so when we're driving, She is very, very timid and very scared, of course. And as am I. So she's picking up my energy and I'm like, oh, I just want to send her to driving school. And so we drive with just in the neighborhood right now and we drive with the hazards on so people know like they can pass us because we're scared to go too fast. And so I said I was going to get a magnet that said, student driver, please be patient, which you see all over the place. And ever since I have said I'm going to get that magnet, guess what I see in all sorts of cars? I've never seen that magnet before other than on the like the Cantor driving school cars, like when it's all wrapped in driving school. Now I see it on regular everyday cars. I never saw it before that. Why? Because I'm looking for it. And I didn't, I'm unconsciously looking for it. Like, oh, that's cool. I could just get a magnet. Just slap it on my car when she's driving. So people will have grace and compassion. They'll be like, why is that person going 15 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour zone? Because when you start to look for it, your brain will unconsciously look for it and find it. So when you know that you're a good person, your brain will start to go look for it and find it. When you know that you already have a good kid and you know that in your heart, you won't go have to look for it. You will go find it and you will reinforce that part of them. This is the biggest trick I can teach for parenting. 
is focus on the parts that they're doing right, find more evidence of it, reinforce that, and the parts that need tweaking, I promise on a stack of Bibles, will never ever go away. You can still address it, it's just the energy in which you do it is light and fluffy. It's not something's wrong with me as a parent because they're not saying please and thank you to the server. It takes practice, it takes repetition, it takes rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, and then they get it, and they have it, and then they lose it, and then they get it, and then they have it, and then they have it longer, and then they have it longer, and then they have it longer, and then they lose it, and then they get it, then they have it. And that's what childhood is all about, just like that's what adulthood is all about. So when you know that you're already a good person, you uncondition yourself, you unbrainwash yourself, you reparent yourself, and you parent your children in the way that you want to be parented, you have true freedom to show up in the way that you want to, create your own rubric, and be the best B minus parent that you can be. And remember, B minus means there's a lot of 31 percents along the way. My kids get a B on the report card and you look behind that B, there's lots of bombs on quizzes and homework or a zero here and there because they forgot to bring in some paper or sign their name. When you look behind the B, there's a lot of different grades that go on behind the B. Same with a C, same with an A. It doesn't have to be perfect. Our kids don't want perfect perfection. They just want presence and connection. And when you realize how little and vulnerable they are and they're children from God, you can show up with a softer heart, a gentler heart, and get creative and know that you're already a good parent and you're already raising a good kid. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.